My name is Maya Deary. The Waves to Wisdom interviews emerged from an exploration into a world I discovered when I learned to surf at midlife. Some of these conversations aren't necessarily with people we instantly recognize as leaders, but they all lead in a direction I've benefited so much from I couldn't help but try to share. The people in these interviews seem to me to have wisdom practices centered on their relationship to the more than human world, to what we usually think of as nature. Surfing proved first revelatory, then revolutionary in my own life. When I began following the waves and started a ritual of returning to an edge, the edge of the continent, the edge of my capacity, the edge of my comfort, I realized my vision for my life had been hampered by some artificial barriers. Slowly, with each wave and wipeout, those barriers in my brain and heart and body began to dissolve. And I started to wonder, what if we all had a nature-based practice that cracked us open, made us more creative, more playful? What if we all practiced vulnerability, risk, and failure on a daily basis and had fun doing it? Wouldn't it make our lives better? Might it lead us to the places it feels like in this moment of planetary peril we desperately need to go? Whether you find full-bodied and big-hearted connection through waves or walking or digging in the dirt, I hope these conversations are useful in your own journey of re-inhabiting your life with renewed joy, deep engagement, and increasing wisdom. If you have the chance to get closer to the ocean, that's going to be a life changing. <laughs> um, maybe you're not living the life you wanted or you know like or you always um, expected to be. I think the ocean might help you a little bit. Okay, here's my priorities now and this is what I want to do. A couple of years ago I left my full-time job as a college instructor and one of the ways I dealt with the existential terror inherent in taking a leap into the unknown of entrepreneurship and even more frightening, honestly, radical freedom, was that I knew that no matter what else happened, I'd be able to spend more time in the small rural community of Nosara, Costa Rica. It was a place I'd fallen in love with because of its beauty and waves and light, but even more because of the open-heartedness and zest for just being alive every day of the locals and expats who live there. It's a place where a lot of women surf and surf very well. Dr. Natalie Arias is a physician, exceptionally talented longboard surfer, and soon-to-be nutritionist who lives and practices in Nosara. In the process of facing her own health challenges as a young professional, her vocational journey took a turn as she became inspired to tend to and learn about her eating habits so she could continue to pursue her relationship with the ocean. Now her story of a disciplined play practice leading to greater clarity and more effective service is precisely the sort of narrative I keep running into as I deepen my own commitment to this pastime and all the embodied wisdom it has to offer to those of us willing to pay attention. I hope you enjoyed Dr. Natalie's insights as much as I did. Welcome to Waves to Wisdom. My name is Natalie Arias, um, I'm 31, and I've been surfing for maybe five years. Five years, okay, excellent. And we met in the water right off of Playa Guiones in Costa Rica. You are Costa Rican? Yes. We're born where? 
In San Jose. In San Jose. Okay, which is the capital city. Yes. But you have family roots in Nosara, yes? My mom is from Nosara. Okay. My whole, uh, my mom's side is from Nosara. And how did you wind up back here? I mean, I was always coming when I was little, back and forth, back and forth for vacation, and then um, I moved in 2014 after getting married. So you married somebody who lives here? Yes. Uh, and how is, uh, how is Nosara different from San Jose? Oh, everything. Everything's different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, San Jose is like a small city, not so pretty, a lot of noise everywhere, uh, traffic, you know, like any other city, I guess. And then you come to Nosara and it's just like, a small paradise, you know, here and here in the peninsula. I mean, at least for me, I grew up there and now I'm here. Every time I go back there, it's like, oh, take me back to Nasara. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a different style of life. And I'm just so used to be here now that we normally go there like once a month and it's just like one or two days and then back to Nasara. If you were going to describe to somebody what it's like to be here relative to in a city, what would you say? It is peaceful, like you're gonna see nature around you, birds, monkeys. Yeah, it's just like quiet. It's so quiet. It's so quiet. It's just beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. In the middle of the jungle, really. Yes. It's very rural here, yeah. even though there are a lot of people coming through. We have a lot of tourists, uh, but we managed to have some uh, quiet places. So, did you learn how to surf when you moved back to Nosara? My first wave Anyway, it was in 2012. 2012. But uh, I didn't have the chance like to surf much or practice. My first green wave, it was amazing. Your first green wave was amazing. Uh, I have pictures of the whole sequence. You do? Somebody was... Uh, Your first it wave. It was a friend of us taking pictures and he took the whole sequence and I'm just like laughing really hard and I couldn't believe it. I'm like looking behind me. I was like, what? Oh my goodness. <laughs> so that was like my first time ever, obviously. But then um, after that, I came back in 2014. I was not getting any better. <laughs> and I mean, I was really not strong enough because I was going once a week and um, my arms were like tired all the time. My sessions were like maybe three or four waves and that was, ah, oh, this is a lot already. You're exhausted. I was so exhausted. And I mean, it took me 2014, 2015, maybe until 2016, I went like, more regular, like maybe three, four times a week. Okay. So pretty much like, I feel like I started surfing like three years ago. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, I noticed what surfing was, I was oh, this is, it was like so hard for me just once a week. And then now you go like three, four times a week and oh, I can catch waves now and <laughs> more than three or four every session. So that was pretty fun actually. But did you love it when you were only catching three or four waves a session? I was did. Yeah. Good? That was pretty, it was good enough. And, and how come you could only surf once a week when you first came here? I was working, you were working. from Monday through Saturday and um, like really early, so I didn't have the chance to. And so Sundays was my only day. Yeah. And, and what's your work that you were so busy doing? I'm a medical doctor in town, yeah. Okay. Back then I was working in Nosara town. And Nosara town is about six kilometers inland from the coast yes. where, we're, mm -hmm. where we are now. Yeah. And you were working, at, as I understand it, at, at the clinic. And yeah, there's some, yeah. There was a new clinic there okay. right after when I came. I was oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So that was the first couple of years. Yes. And then uh, what then what happened that allowed you to surf more than just Sundays? I moved out of that clinic and opened my own business, another uh, medical office, like closer to the beach. And I had my own schedule, so um, I was able to go in the mornings, one, maybe two hours, 
in maybe three, four times a week now, because I was my own boss. <laughs> so that um, allows me to, well, back then, allowed me to surf a little bit more. And were you, I know you were learning to surf then, and, and I just want to say, because hopefully I'll get to take some pictures of you before I leave, because <laughs> with this interview, surfing, but you are an exceptionally talented and elegant longboarder. And Thank you. For, uh, when I was surfing four years, I think I was just figuring out how to turn the board. Uh, really um, have a lot of natural ability, and it's just a pleasure to watch you. Thank you. Uh, so you, you were able to surf then three or four times a week. You're still a medical doctor. You've opened mm -hmm. your own clinic. Uh, what were you learning from surfing at that time in your life? Um, I think that I really wanted to surf, and for that, for, I mean, for me to be able to surf, I was learning also like how to be healthy because I was not strong enough. I was my arms were like weak all the time. My back was hurting, so I was learning to stretch out more, like to eat more um, like healthy foods, um, sleep better, you know, like because I wanted to be more in the water. And, and it doesn't matter, I was working the same, I don't know, even more like 10, 12 hours a day, but if I had like the two or maybe like an hour and a half of surf in the morning, that was fine with me. I didn't care like if I was working that much, but uh, I was being able to surf like more um, during the week. So I was learning, you know, like transitioning, okay, now I need to be able to work now 10, 12 hours, and for this now I need to uh, eat better, <laughs> sleep better. I was not, doing good on my food because I was so used to the hospital, like um, like schedule, not eating sometimes, you know, like during the whole day. So when I came here, I was doing pretty much the same, but then I was noticing I was not being able to, to surf good or paddle or, you know, even like the waves were a little bit bigger. I was like so done and not, I was not even in the lineup. It was taking me like 20, 30 minutes. I was like, no, there's something wrong with me. And, it was just that, you know, like, I was not fueling my body, like, the right way. Mm -hmm. and, and surfing was teaching you. Was surfing was teaching me that it was really important to take care of your body in every aspect. I don't know, like, everything, I think, uh, was related to surfing back then. And to learn how to handle the stress also from work, patients, and... Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I find it fascinating that, uh, that you had been to medical school, uh -huh. which in theory mm -hmm. is all about taking care of the human body. Except yours. <laughs> except yours. <laughs> yes. yes, it doesn't matter. You have to do everything for the patient, but except yours. You don't have to sleep, you don't have to eat, because you have to work uh, to help the other people, right? Like in an emergency room, you have like 50 people, and then just, this is insane sometimes and then it doesn't matter about you you have to do your job that's it <laughs> that's it yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so you had to go to the school of surf to learn how to take care of natalie's body yeah yes mm -hmm. dr arias needed. yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> the waves so interesting that that life of owning your own clinic and and you had a owned the pharmacy next door mm -hmm. is that mm -hmm. a, pharmacy and oh. medical office okay mm -hmm. and and that's no longer the case you decided to make a change uh yes how come how, huh? I think I was, I was working too much, well not that much, but um, I was very, I was being very um, careful with every client that comes to the pharmacy, I was treating them as a patient, and that was a lot for me, because they were not my patients. I wanted to be able to help them, okay, why is the headache, have you been hydrating good, have you been sleeping good, or uh, maybe some type of food you ate, you know. Um, I was trying to find like the root of the problem instead of just selling the pill. So I was treating every patient as a client. I mean, every client as a patient, sorry. And that became a lot also. <laughs> a lot of stress because I was worried about, you know, like the one patient that came to buy just like Tylenol. Oh, what if the headache is 
high blood pressure. But then uh, they didn't have the money to pay for the consultation. So I was like, you know, like, I think I was um, working like double. <laughs> uh, so I decided to close uh, the pharmacy and just get my practice. Interesting. Now you just have a medical practice. Just my medical practice. And, and only house calls, right? <laughs> yeah, only house calls. Only house calls. So far, yeah. Okay. And is, is the lifestyle healthier, do you think, now that you're, you've made that change? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is, for sure. It is. Yeah, I had more time for um, to study, to work out, to serve. Now I just see the patient that really needs me. You know, they call me, they make an appointment. and and I go to them, so it allows me to have like more free time to do more stuff. And you surf more? You do surf more? I now? do surf more now. Okay. Yes. So you learned to surf as an adult, as I did. You were certainly yeah. much younger than mm -hmm. I was. Really the motivation for this whole project and all of these interviews is, is the thing that, the pattern that I think that I have recognized, mm -hmm. which is that for some surfers, it helps them, as it has you, as you've already articulated, it helps them be better humans. Mm -hmm. uh, it helps them figure out how to take care of themselves, both in an immediate sense, in the mm -hmm. waves, and then in a larger sense, because they want to be able to be healthy to get out into the yeah. waves. Are there other lessons or aspects of being a wise and good human that you think you've learned from the ocean and its waves? Yes, big time. <laughs> I think one of the biggest lessons I have learned is how to handle pressure because I can see it with my practice and I see it in the ocean like when the sets are really big, when the waves are like not as nice as you want, you know, or like when there are a lot of people and you want to get the wave and there's always somebody in front of you and I mean that, um, that lesson from there, I use it a lot in my, in my life, like pressure, how to handle pressure, like in every aspect, like with my patient or like the emergency that just show up in my house <laughs> because they know where I live. Um, I think that's one lesson I learned from the ocean. And being patient also. You have to be patient, waiting for a nice wave. Maybe you don't want that one and you wait for the other one. Somebody's gonna be in front of you again or behind you and then you have to wait again. So being patient also um, is one of the lessons I have learned from surfing. And the same, I use it in my everyday life <laughs> with everything, pretty much. Do you think there are ways in which surfing has helped you be a better medical doctor? Uh, yeah, I think so. Like, um, I use it with my patients. You know, sometimes um, you, want it, you want the patient to do or to follow your recommendations and they don't <laughs> because the neighbor always has a better advice and then you have to be patient. <laughs> uh, so I think patient is one of the biggest lessons and I think it makes me a better person or doctor because you gotta be, uh, you have to understand you know, what the person is going through and telling you and why he decided not to follow the treatment or yeah, I think that helps a lot. <laughs> it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty powerful if, uh, if surfing can help a doctor be a better doctor. I mean, it's a little bit of everything, like being patient, like you have challenges in front of you, the same way you are in the ocean sometimes, like you go expecting the waves are gonna be nice and smooth and not so big, and then all of a sudden like, oh, the swell is showing up, and now you have these big waves, and that's a challenge already, and then in medical practice, uh, we are so far away from everything that everything becomes like a challenge, because you don't have the equipment, or you, know, you don't have like the tools sometimes, and you have to figure it out and 
and if not, send it to a bigger facility. So that's, that's one big lesson for me also. <laughs> you have to be adaptable when you're yes. surfing. Yep. You have to know your limits. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like exactly. you've had to do that yeah. in Sometimes this world's practice. Sometimes you try to help the patient, but then you realize, okay, this is not my, my specialties. But um, the patient doesn't want to go to Nicoya because it's too far and then you have to take a bus, it's like two hours and a half and all the stuff. But then, okay, you have to set the limits, like you just said, it. Um, this is just not, you know, like my work and then now I need you to go to a bigger facility. And I have to learn also like to let go of that part because sometimes I get like really attached and then I really wish I can do more, but then no, I have to. <laughs> send uh, the person or the patient, you know, like somewhere else um, to get whatever um, the studies, you know, ultrasounds, blood tests and all the stuff that we don't have here. We don't have any of that. Mm -hmm. So we had a fascinating conversation the other day in the water about the difficulty of some of the local people to take time off of work to pay for care. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you ran into frequently when you were at the clinic that people's employers would not give them time off? Uh, yes, yeah, sometimes sometimes they got good uh, employers and you know they take the morning off and they go to the um, public um, clinic. But it takes a while to be, you know, for you to be seen by the doctor. If not they go to a private office. So they can choose uh, where to go. But um, sometimes it's hard for them. Uh, if you don't have the money you have to go to the public system and then you waste pretty much your whole day which is like a day of work, and that's already hard for people because um, salaries here are not very great. And if you miss like a whole day, it's gonna, you know, at the end of the week or every two weeks, you're gonna, you're gonna be short, you know, on that money for sure. And if you have a little bit, um, bit of extra money, you can go and pay private. But still, once you get the medicine, uh, it's really expensive also because medicine here is really expensive. So it's a little bit of everything and. If you don't have the money and if you don't have the time to, and you're, if your employer doesn't give you the time either, um, you're just gonna hold on pain or whatever you're having, and you know until it's really really bad, you might go, and then it's going kind of like late. Then it's late, yeah, maybe too late to do something. Yeah, it's it's really, it's a difficult thing. This uh, there's so much inequality here, and things are very expensive, in part because there are a lot of people who can afford to pay high prices. But then the minimum wage is two or three dollars an hour, mm -hmm. and uh, and food here is exorbitant. And I don't know if medical care is exorbitant because, knock on wood, I haven't had to. It can be. It can be. Yeah. yeah. So, were you a an ocean swimmer before you learned to surf? No. No. No, that's embarrassing, actually. It's embarrassing. What's embarrassing? Because I was like 25, 26 when I learned how to surf, but then I realized I didn't know how to swim either. I was not a very good swimmer, so when my leash broke, that was like my first experience. Oh, now I have to swim, but I don't know how to swim. My goodness, so you're in the ocean, your I'm leash in the ocean, broke. And I'm like freaking out, like about to cry, and I'm looking for somebody that knows me, like, like help, you know, like need help. Because <laughs> I don't know what to do. I know I can float, but I don't know for how long I was getting tired. And then um, my husband came and said, just stand up. You're like right there in the sand. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I was very embarrassing. And after that, um, I think I figured it out. I realized that I needed to, um, to know how to swim for me to be able to go and get bigger waves. So I did some 
not lessons, um, but with myself. Uh, I put a snorkel and a mask and I was just like swimming in swimming pool. <laughs> Once you put a mask, you can figure it out <laughs> a little bit. Interesting. Yeah, and then um, I did a free diving course. Like, and um, I think in that, uh, it was like a two-day course and in those two days, uh, once I did that, how to learn um, the technique, how to breathe and the safety, you know, like uh, techniques, uh, if you're in the water and somebody's, you know, like blacking out or stuff like that. Um, I think after that I became not a better swimmer, <laughs> but I was very confident with surfing after that. Interesting. So you you didn't know how to swim, and then you learned how to swim a little bit, and then you took a free diving course. Yes. For anybody who doesn't know, explain to them what free diving is. The free diving is so they um, they put you in a swimming pool and uh, they teach you how to hold your breath. Uh, it's gonna be like a static um, breath hold, and you have to be able to reach uh, three minutes. You know of that breath hole and then after that they take you to open water like to the ocean and you have to go down the line um, the first level go down goes down the line 60 feet so you have to be able to go back and forth with one breath so I did it <laughs> let me just repeat this you, you went from not being able to swim uh-huh <laughs> to holding your breath and going 60 feet down a line uh -huh. in the ocean yes okay interesting and, mm -hmm. an ambitious yeah. woman yeah and then yes. after that I'm good I can surf now you're not <laughs> bigger waves and whatever I can hold the sets and yeah that was no pretty problem much. Mm -hmm. yeah took care of that fear yeah <laughs> so powerful um, just to walk right into it and and not not accept the not knowing Yes, that I'm gonna know. I really wanted to get better in the water, you know, like because I was always maybe it was surfing, but if the wave was big, I was not gonna take it because I didn't know how the end was gonna be, you know, like the wipeout and all that stuff. And what if my leash breaks again? And oh no, I have to figure it out now. And uh, after that, after the free diving course, I was like, oh, I can take bigger waves now and go down the line and. Whatever happens down there, doesn't matter. It's going to be just fine. <laughs> just be careful not to hit anybody and not hit yourself. <laughs> right, right. Just stay away from that hard yeah. board. Um, so, interesting. And, and this, to, at least in my mind, uh, one of the things that I've discovered about you that is related uh, to this capacity you have to, to realize you want to know something that you don't know and just run right into it is that you have decided to continue your education, oh, even though you're yes. already a medical doctor. Yes. What are you studying now? Uh, right now I'm doing a master's in nutrition and public health. So did you learn much about nutrition in medical school? Not a single <laughs> hour of nutrition. Uh, they don't teach you anything you know, about nutrition. They teach you, I mean, they don't teach you like, like how to treat people also with uh, the diet, which is like pretty important. Uh, I realized um, from working here uh, if I had a patient and I was explaining him like, you know, like the foods um, she or he was able to eat, but it was, I was not getting there. <laughs> so, I, you know, I saw that as a challenge also. So I need to be uh, able to explain this better or to teach them better or to help them also, you know, because um, the same thing, we go to the same um, thing, like people, if you have money to afford the medical consultation, you won't have money to go to a nutritionist, you know, or something like that, to help you with whatever plan uh, for you to treat your diabetes or any other disease. So 
I saw that happening a lot with my patients and I decided to, to do it for me also and to help my patients in that way a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So exciting. And are you already learning a lot that's useful? Yes, yes. a lot. <laughs> that's, it's really interesting. I, I find it fascinating and, and disturbing that the professionals who are tasked with our health mm -hmm. don't learn about nutrition, which seems foundational. Uh, now I'm doing it, I think it's, yeah, the foundation of pretty much everything. You can avoid, you can treat, and you can reverse sometimes diseases with just the right diet. Yeah. And that's all in nutrition, and if you don't have any of that knowledge, it's kind of hard. You're just going to prescribe medicines all the time, and, and that's it pretty much, you know? <laughs> but the idea, or my idea, is to help people a little bit more in that area. And I'm making this link in my mind, but I don't know if this is a link that has any integrity to it, but, but I heard you say earlier that I wasn't taking care of myself nutritionally. Mm -hmm. Surfing taught me mm -hmm. that I needed to eat better. And now you want to pass that on to your patients. Yes. Is it fair to, to give surfing some credit for the fact that you're now preparing yourself? Yes, all the credits actually. All the credit, you <laughs> <Yeah>. think? <laughs> because once I realized I, need, I needed to be healthy, and it was easy actually, you know, I was sick all the time and uh, as you can see, I'm like, I'm not a very heavy person, but I was way skinnier before, I was always underweight, I'm like 5'8", and I was like 49, 48 kilos my way whole life, mm. like way too much, Yes. because I was not sleeping good, I was not eating right, maybe not eating right, but not eating what my body needed back then, and I was always uh, with so much pain. I was sleeping three or four hours, you know, like the food, um, uh, I realized after um, I was very sensitive to a lot of food that I didn't know until I decided to invest more time in nutrition. And once I changed my whole diet and um, realized like what uh, foods are good for my body, everything changed, you know, like I'm a happier person, I'm sleeping better, I put a lot of weight also. <laughs> well, not a lot, but, uh, but I'm now I'm like my normal, you know, like um, body index max yes, or whatever. you look great. You don't look alarmingly <laughs> thin. But I was, yeah, I was like, you know, it's, it's, it's everything. If you're not eating right, your whole, your whole body's not um, working right. Uh, once I learned that, maybe from surfing, now I want this, now I wanted to teach it to my, um, or pass it at least to my patients. And, and the, um, the not sleeping well, was that, do you think, related to nutrition? Um, stress, all of A it? little bit of everything, A nutrition, everything. Um, stress from work. <laughs> then I was working too much, and then I was uh, too tired to serve, and then um, I was not sleeping good, obviously, like three, four hours, and then I was like in a very bad mood the next day. I'm not gonna serve today because I'm too tired. <laughs> so it was becoming like a cycle also. And one day um, I decided I'm not gonna eat meat this month and I was feeling good. I'm not 100% there yet. And then the next month, um, I decided to stop eating chicken. And the next month, pork, and the next month, dairy, and the next month, eggs, until I finally felt my body was, this is how I'm supposed to feel. I never felt that way before. <laughs> until I got to the point I, I knew what my body likes and needed. Yeah, and then I put um, a little bit more weight, 
uh, I was able to paddle more, surf more, catch more waves, and I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> so good. So it was so amazing when I was. And then I never went back pretty much. It's been like three years, three years. Like once I realized there's like a route for pretty much every problem, like health problem, um, and you, I mean, you're able to fix it. So I was thinking, oh, having this really bad insomnia and I have to take pills. And they were like, like strong pills, but I still was not sleeping good. Uh, once I changed my diet, everything just disappeared. I was sleeping way better. Is there anything else about surfing and the, the lifestyle that you've crafted for yourself where you know, it's very ocean-centered, mm -hmm. surfing is a priority, but it in turn affects all your other priorities in ways that obviously deepen the, the ways that you're able to serve this community. Is there anything that you would want people who don't have this kind of lifestyle, either they don't have the opportunity or they just haven't prioritized developing some kind of love of physical activity out in the natural world? Is there anything that you can tell them that you've learned from this kind of lifestyle? I think it doesn't matter the sport you like or practice, uh, but I think that's like the key, you know, like. If once you have uh, like a passion for everything, jiu-jitsu, like surfing, I don't know, running, you're going to be focused on that and you want to be better on that and then you want to be healthy to keep doing that. You want to eat right, you're going to stretch, you want to, I mean, you want to do everything to make that sport right and, you know, it's going to make you feel. And uh, whatever the sport you do, you know, if you're um, healthy, you're happy pretty much. That would be my advice. <laughs> choose to be happy and choose to be yeah. healthy. You want to do all the right things for your body for you to be able to uh, realize whatever activity you like. That's equal to happiness pretty much, in my case. Once I serve in the morning, I'm just like good for the rest of the day, I'm happy. That's it. I, I wonder, you know, I get to come here some portion of the year and every day is so magical. Mm -hmm. The, the waves, the spray, the rainbows of the spin drift and the monkeys, iguanas, it's just incredible. Are you still able to feel that this place is, is magical? Um, or does it just seem like eh, another no, day no. paradise? No, no, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, we live in a small paradise actually, and we are, I find myself very thankful to decided to move here. I was not very excited at the beginning, but after I was like, yes, this is where I want to be. And every day is the same. There's nothing except for surfing and, you know, Pilates, yoga, Jitsu. I mean, there's some activities, but if you are not interested in any of those, it can be like very boring for you. But um, just like walking on the beach can be very nice. It's going to help you to relax a little bit. It doesn't matter if you don't surf, but just by walking and seeing you know like all the nature crossing in front of you <laughs> all the time um the sunsets the sun rises everything it's just like everything's so special and every day is so different you know every sunrise and sunset and waves condition every day is so different so that's what makes this place very special i think okay is there anything else that you'd like to say <sighs> i think if you have the chance to get closer to the ocean that's going to be a life changing <laughs> um, maybe you're not living the life you wanted or you know like or you always um, expected to be I think the ocean might help you a little bit you know like decide like okay here's my priorities now and 
this is what I want to do, which happens to me. You know, I had like some other plans before moving here, and once I realized, oh, I think I like it this better. <laughs> um, I did my best to be in the ocean almost every day now, so. Maybe it's not surfing, maybe it's like fishing, spear fishing, maybe it's just like swimming across, you know, just like walking, whatever. I think the ocean is like a very um, powerful force that is gonna help you to set down a little bit and help you decide also like what's um, important in your life. I think that's, that's a good chance if you have it. I mean, I think you can take a lot of um, advantage from it. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Yeah, I wish I had it, this you know, opportunity to get closer to the ocean when I was little. Mm -hmm. But I was like 26, that's still good. That's good. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't regret it. No, I, well, I didn't learn until I was 40, and I do wish I had learned earlier, but I'm so grateful that I did. Yeah, me and too. I wish sometimes the same, and then I was 25, 26, and I was like, oh, that's perfect, doesn't matter. That's good. I was just in time. Right, right. <laughs> so You're good, yeah. Such a beautiful, elegant surfer, and um, I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, no, thank you for having me here. <laughs> yeah, certainly. So fun. Thank you so much, Dr. Natalie. You're welcome. Okay. I'd love to talk to you about the possibility of coaching, setting up a custom Waves to Wisdom retreat in Osara or the U.S., or arranging an inspiring, energizing event for your organization or group. To set up an appointment, visit wavestowisdom.com.